Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Everything Horror Podcast. My name is Paul Dorsky with the lovely fiance. Tessa Baker. And, well, we got another guest joining us tonight. And you may remember him from, actually, our first interview of 2019, actually. And then all the way back in January. And that was when we were talking about Unearth, uh, the curse of the Nefties. I think I did pronounce that right, but um, yeah, you got it. Sweet. And without further ado, welcome back to Bo Yachty. Welcome back, Bo. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Paul and Tessa, for having me. We're glad to have you, Bo. So, Bo, uh, yeah, you just released your latest uh, film, Desert Wolf, which came out in October twenty. Fifth, I believe, if um, memory serves me right. I know at first it came out on, uh, I don't really know how you pronounce it, like Vimeo? Or yeah, on, uh, on Vimeo. Yeah, the yeah. on demand. Yeah, and then um, I think it was like the next day or so, it was on Amazon, and you also have pre-orders up for it on your own Gunswinger sites, too. So it's pretty much all over the place now, I think, right? <laughs> Yeah, it is. We have a, a couple international um, sales agents that are interested, but right now it's just here in the U.S. Oh, I take that back, and the U.K. I think it's on Amazon in the United Kingdom as well. But, oh, yeah, wow. we're pretty happy. We're getting some good responses. So it's always uh, it's always a good sign when people aren't, not viewing it, you know what I mean? At least you're getting people to watch it, and we, so far we've gotten some great feedback. And thank you guys, too, for reviewing, taking the time to watch and review the film. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah, we actually watched it again um, last night just so we could get a refresher, too, before we started to talk with you. So it was it was still good. You <laughs> <laughs> sat to it twice. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, we'll probably see it more time because, um, to be fair, I did actually pre-order a DVD from you guys today. Oh, nice. Thank you very much. Yes, you're very welcome. That that makes you family. I believe the close family and friends and a few others have ordered it so far, so that definitely makes you family. Oh, well, that's awesome. Well, we consider you family, (laughs) too, (laughs) so... Um, so if anybody gives you shit, we'll, we'll, me and Tessa will deal with them. We'll, we'll nice, yeah. back alley and show them who's boss. <laughs> um, I'll send them your way. Head up to Vermont. Right. Yeah, that's right. Tell them, send, come up to Vermont, and then they're going to look at the weather and be like, yeah, screw that. Negative weather? No, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Very true. Yeah. I mean... It is what it is. I mean, it's Vermont. What can you expect? And then plus where we are, we're like kind of in the uh, area of where we're almost surrounded by mountains too. So you can only imagine like the wind and stuff, how it can kind of come into play with that. Even though it's like a big wide area, but even though there's mountains surrounding us, still doesn't help. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you not going to help with the temperature. No. But, Bo, uh, real quick, so what can you tell us about what is Desert Wolf? 
Um, well, as you know, I, I'm a big fan of the 80s genre horror films. And a lot of them were set, you know, in those small towns that kind of give it that small town creepy feel. And um, with this movie, we wanted to capture that small town feel and then dive into a well, well known, I guess, of course, but a werewolf is, a, you know, hunting the poor little small town people and kind of, uh, you know, trying to figure out as they go. One of my favorite films is um, Silver Bullet by Stephen King. And, you know, that was kind of set in a small town as well. And it was kind of a whodunit as well as a horror movie all the way through till the end. That was something I really enjoyed. So that was a little bit of inspiration behind this film. Yeah, Silver Bullet is a wicked good movie. And I almost, every time I think of the word bullet, I, for some reason, I always go back to writing the bullet, which is completely different Stephen King film. But yeah, Silver Bullet is also very nice too. So, and that, yeah. I guess because of that bullet word, you kind of just get confused with the title sometimes. I don't know. I don't know why I always yeah. go to the uh, writing with the bullet one, but all of, I've seen too many Stephen King films anyway. And then now, as you know, probably, well, you've seen it a few times now. We got um, some Stephen King movie remakes and reboots or whatever you want to call it. And then we got that new one for Dr. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That one's, I don't know, I haven't brought myself to watch it yet because I'm a huge fan of The Shining. I don't know if uh, I can do it. Maybe later on I'll watch it. From what I hear, it, it's be- way better than The Shining, actually. So, yeah, whatever that means. <laughs> yeah, whatever that means. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's very interesting. I, yeah, I think the well, book is great. Say what? I heard the book for uh, uh, the oh, film yeah. is great. Yeah. Oh, well... Usually the book is always better than a, a movie anyway, too, because, you know, since movies are on a um, time frame, I guess, it's almost like, well, what, how much information can you squeeze into a um, hour and 30 minute film? But then again, I don't even know how long Dr. Sweep is, so I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Very true. It's but, uh go up against the book. Yeah, exactly. But usually the book always wins anyway. <laughs> I mean... That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, like, um, I'll just say this and then we can go back into uh, Desert Wolf. But, like, I remember when uh, World War Z was coming out and I was just like, mm-hmm. how are they going to take that, take that? Because, of like, you know, I read the book of World War Z, which was phenomenal. And it's just like, how can they even turn that into a movie? And then I watch it, and I'm just like, um, it's not bad, but it's, um, I don't know. It's It, it kind of weaved me with that weird, uh, do I want to say, like, taste in the mouth? I don't even know what to call it right now. Yeah. It's more like, I don't really know what to think of it. And they had a lot of production difficulties making that film too that's what i heard i just didn't really hear too much about it but then again i was just more like yeah i should have just wrapped it out of the book but what do i know (laughs) 
But yeah, uh, speaking of your throwback to the 1980s, you can clearly see that with your film where, like, as Tessa and I saw with the, um, even the beginning with how you only showed so much of the uh, monster, the creature at first, with just, like, his hand with his claws and stuff. You didn't really go full-blown seeing it. Until uh, the end, of course, which is where we see uh, a nice little thing going on without saying too much too for people that may not see it. But we do see like a really nice little uh, scene <laughs> near the end. Yeah, we had we had a reveal. It was it was tough, you know, not showing the full creature till that end scene. But uh, I think it was worth it. I I like those. Like they did it with Jaws, and they did it in all those old school movies where they wouldn't show the beast until they got towards the end. Yeah, I, I've always been a fan of those, and it you know it just makes you even wonder too. Like even the one that you don't really see, but you know something's going on, it it just makes the imagination run wild. Which is, I think, what I also said in the review is like it actually just gives it enough imagination where you can let it run wild anyway yeah you can't compete with the imagination of the viewer no matter what you do so i agree 100 percent. yeah and then you probably uh well have anybody yet bo with desert wolf say anything about like um oh well they should have showed more of the werewolf or anything just that no yeah no yeah no not yet okay well that's good um so once again, too, with Desert Wolf, just like you did with Unearth, you actually uh, looked for local talent in the area, which was uh, Arizona. And yeah. so how did you go about finding the right people there, especially um, did you look into like the local businesses around there to help be part of the film as well? Yeah, uh, a huge help in the making of this film was the town of Florence, which is, uh, it's the small town. It's about an hour and a half outside of Phoenix. And we spoke with the mayor and then over to the uh, the media side of the, the town. And they were very gracious with us. They helped us. They made everything possible to be there in, in the, you know, in the street and, Basically, we had a lot of access to all parts of the town, so I don't. We couldn't have done it without them. So I really appreciate the town of Florence. And um, as far as the actors, yeah, we did a local casting here. It took I don't a couple months maybe, and yeah, I'm happy with everyone's performance on there. The guy who I don't know, we know, you know, because making the films, you see things that are not on screen, so. Um, the character of Tuttle, played by John Carr, he was supposed to, well, he is, his character is, uh, you know, a little devious, but it's so funny, some of his reactions and stuff like that, I got a big kick out of him, and everyone, I'm just happy with everyone's performance. How did you come up with the concept for this, this film, Bo? Um, well, I wanted to do a werewolf, I'm a huge werewolf film fan. And um, I thought, what can we do that's, you know, it's 
because I don't know, just try to find something different. So I went for what can we sit in the desert and um, tell a story that kind of keeps you guessing throughout the entire film instead of just, oh, there's a beast. We know where it is. We want to go kill it. So I wanted to get a little bit of mystery behind, you know, a little suspense into the uh, werewolf genre. And this is what we came up with. That's very cool. I'm also a big uh, werewolf movie fan as well. Like the Howling cool. and uh, Blood and Chocolate and some other ones. But Howling is definitely, the whole Howling franchise is definitely ranking top and in my list yeah yeah I like but yours was great i was i was very happy with it like i was talking to paul about it last night after we got done watching it and i'm like wow i was like i'm proud of bo he did really great with this well i appreciate it because that's the toughest thing to have a werewolf fan watch the movie that's the most that creates the most anxiety if someone doesn't <laughs> like werewolves it's whatever but someone who actually likes werewolves and they appreciate the movie that's that's a compliment thank you very much you're welcome yeah besides the how and i'm also a big fan of the uh dog soldier film oh yeah dog soldiers that's a good one that is up there might be oh, yeah. it might be number one i don't know though my favorite is uh american werewolf in london i don't know why but uh something about that film I Maybe I watched it when I was a kid too many times. I don't know. No, that's a that's a good one too. And you know, there's way too many werewolf films for me to even go down. Like uh, there was one we saw um, a month or so ago. It was called like Bone Hill Road, and that was a nice werewolf film too. Very nice practical effects too, as well. And um, I would I would recommend that one too, Bo. But yeah, I'm gonna have to check it out. You yeah, I'll send you Bone uh, Hill Road. Bone Hill Road, yep. Bone yeah. Hill is like one one word, I believe. Got but it. I'm gonna watch. Bo, it uh, sure. there you go. <laughs> it's uh, what were some of the uh, challenges though that you that you guys face when trying to film Desert Wolf? Uh, well, the biggest challenge we have is no one's fault um, since we're not, you know, we did local actors and uh, some people have, well, most everyone has the day job, of course. So the scheduling to get to the small town where everyone was available at the same time was really difficult. It took, it added at least uh, four months to production just to get everyone on set at the same time when they, you know, when we needed to be. That was the biggest um, wow. setback. The weather cooperated. That was good. But, yeah, just getting everyone there was very difficult. Wow. Well, I wish that was the only problem, it sounds like. But there was nothing else wrong, like um, any shot had to be redone or, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something like the white yeah, ball um, burst in the flame. <laughs> well, we did have an issue with um, our sound equipment filming 
the finale. Actually, we're filming the finale, and the um, the sound equipment cord snapped off inside the the microphone. I guess we're getting a little crazy. I don't know, but um, wow. so we had to we had to get our backup mic going. It you know wasn't as good, and I can tell exactly where it happened. Hopefully, not too many people can tell, but it uh, yeah, that was a big one. That was the final finale shooting night too so it was important but we made it through and that's the film business you keep going <laughs> yeah that's true um i know i i know tessa and i noticed some audio things after we were watching it again but it was it wasn't like too bad but like there was somewhere it was like Oh man, it was you and you were talking to. Oh man, I need to remember and start remembering names again. Um, so horrible with names. Ah, uh, it was the lady that gave you the necklace for uh, protection. You guys were like talking, and there was supposed oh, to yeah. be like, yeah, and it was supposed to be like, um, I think it was like background noise or some sort. But when it would cut to you, it there would be like complete silence and it would just be like your voice like there was not a fly in the room or something and then it would cut back to yeah. her and it sounded like there was a crowded room or something i'm like what is going on here yeah that was, the mic was my mic uh my lab mic was a little too close to me it didn't catch anything else <clears throat> but, i guess so yeah at least like of course it's not perfect film there are oh. definitely audio situations but I'm happy with the end. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about because I watched that and I'll cringe a little. Like, ah, that hurts. Yeah, there were like a few moments where that I caught on to that, but but like you know, it doesn't really take you out. It's just more like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, otherwise, a little band aid on there for a second. Yeah, right. Put a little band aid, you'll be fine. <laughs> now. You know, what made me think of this film, too, with you is with Unearth. So did you, was there any type of, well, there had to have been with the, like, the werewolf uh, myths and mythology stuff that was going on in the film, too. But was there any sort of, uh, I don't know if I want to say local lore or was there just, oh. like, folklore going on? Cause, because you were, it did seem like it was, there was something going on with like a war, a war, and I didn't know if it was like a local war there, or if you just kind of just took it because of like the tribe and stuff that was going on, or yeah, the tribe yeah. talk about the werewolf, like the skinwalker and all that stuff, so I was just curious, like, did you, did you, um, once again, kind of just want to put in some sort of folklore. I yeah, I did. So I researched the Navajo Indians. Yes. And and the Hopi Indians. And yeah, they have a huge, huge um belief, I guess, in the skinwalker legends where members of their tribe would just disappear and, you know, they turn into some type of animal. Whether it's a coyote or I don't even the stuff I researched, you know, it varied. It was sometimes a coyote, sometimes another beast. 
but um, they definitely have that part of their their folklore. It was very interesting. I thought about just doing a Skinwalker movie because it doesn't necessarily have to be a werewolf or a dog. Exactly. And they that yeah, and they have all kinds of powers. They can disappear, appear over here, hunt you down, not be seen. So maybe I'm looking a little deeper and just the skinwalker i don't know but yeah i did a lot of research in trying to figure out that folklore pretty interesting and with the thing too i i i spoke to some native americans they don't like to talk about it so you know it's definitely something there you actually talked to some people to uh some indian that actually didn't mind talking yeah. about them? Oh, my God. Yeah, they, say, they cool. said they don't feel comfortable speaking about it. Wow. Yeah. Could usually Especially, they talk about that stuff. Yeah, and certain regions they, don't, they won't even go to. It's um, northern Arizona and southern Utah, I guess. It, there's, a, there's a huge mountain area where they just don't even want to go because of the skinwalkers. Oh, I think I know. Yeah, that sounds familiar. I wonder if that's the same place that I'm thinking of anyway. Yeah, where I've heard a story where, like, these people went to um, try to find, like, Bigfoot in a way. But, like, I don't know if this is the same area, but um, this reminds me of uh, this type of story anyway. But they they talked to the local, like, Indian tribe there, and they they were asking them about this like specific mountain, I guess, or something, but the Indians would only take them so far up the mountain. And then they pretty much said, like, if you go anymore, you're going to, you're going to be in like, uh, you know, the danger territory. And (laughs) And no, thanks. Yeah. So it's just like, Oh, (laughs) Because I guess, according to, like, what they were saying in trying to tell the uh, the people that were, you know, trying to look for Bigfoot or whatever, they were saying, like, yeah, like, because you probably heard the whole the old saying where how Indian tribe used to trade and talk with the Bigfoot. And then, yeah. uh, so, and then there's some Bigfoot where, like, you know, they stayed away from because they're so nasty and and everything else but like that's kind of like how i took this so it's almost like the bigfoot told the indian like if you cross this line you're you're going to be in our territory type of thing so that's the way i always took that story i just wish i'm just wondering if that's the same area yeah i don't know when i was uh, researching it. I didn't come across Bigfoot in in this area, but I possibly I don't know because there's, there's a lot of legends out there. Oh, that's yeah. It's crazy how um, how many legends are everywhere. But I think that was the one cool thing that I liked about Desert Wolf too is that you guys brought a werewolf to the desert. And I'm actually been trying to think if there's any werewolf movie that were actually in a desert but i could not even think of anything because like everything else was either like um in uh you know like in a city town woods some certain uh road or something like 
Like yeah. we gotta even look at the old classic um, Wolfman from like the Universal Monsters and stuff like that, and like, uh, it's just I don't know. I just couldn't figure out anything. So if that, so if that's um, unique in any way, then Bravo, Bo, because I can't, I can't think of anything. And we couldn't find one either. When I was trying to think of the title, what I wanted to, you know, call the film. I did I did a lot of research on that too, just naming and seeing what else is out there and I couldn't find another um werewolf desert film either. So I thought, Oh, this is kinda cool. <laughs> Man, it makes it we'll that go much with easier. It. Huh? I said it makes it that much easier. Yeah, that's true. Very true. And like you said, there's nothing to compare it to, so I mean, uh, I couldn't figure out anything, so and, I couldn't either. I, I looked. Yeah, and I'm usually pretty good at, like, my films, sort of, I guess. But you'd think with the amount of werewolf films, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I know it. I know there's one in this one. But, no, I couldn't even do that. So, yeah, so, yeah that's and brownie points right there. I wanted to incorporate more of the desert, too. But, like I said, the difficulties of getting everyone um, on set at the same time cut back on a couple of things I wanted to do to show more of the desert and the isolation. Um, I wanted to capture some of that isolation because if you go to some of these areas in the desert, there's nothing. And if you come face to face with a werewolf in the middle of the desert and there's nothing, you don't have a little, whole lot of hope. Yeah, no, because you're going to um, run out of thirst before you even probably find the nearest uh, town or something, really, because a desert can go on for miles, if not days, just kind of like the, um, what is that, the Texas desert, right? Is the Texas desert that I'm thinking of is one of the, like, the oh, largest Texas is a, is a drive. You drive through Texas, you drive through nothing but the desert for miles and miles. Yeah. All right, so maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Um, ah, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's yeah, just... We also have, I don't know if you noticed those, uh, the mountains. I had them there in Unearthed, too. They're called the Superstition Mountains. They're here in uh, Arizona. And they're mystique about them where hikers, you know, the local um I don't know what they call treasure hunters and stuff like that that are experienced and they make their living out there. There's certain areas of those mountains that they say are haunted and they don't want to go in there either. Hmm. So they have that in the background. Uh, oh, cool. the uh, the shot where you kind of show um, where you're kind of coming in with the town, with the uh, cactuses and the mountains are in the background. And I believe we see it again, but you're like reversing the shot near the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that shot. Yeah, I like that shot. But, huh, that's very interesting. Hmm. Was there anything, Bo, too, that you guys shot or even... Well, let me... Yeah, so let's start with this one first. So, was there any type of footage that you shot that you didn't actually include into the uh, film? Yeah, we had, I don't know three or four scenes, full scenes that we shot that we didn't include in the film. Um, not for anything uh, 
that went wrong. It just didn't move the the story forward. Mm, so one and one. Yeah, yeah, and it was just uh, more kind of te- saying the story instead of telling the story with visual. So I decided to uh, go with the approach of not boring people, just in case. <laughs> well, that's a pretty good decision, I would think, because the more yeah. drag on, the more uh, less attention span there is, too, as well. Which, yeah, especially nowadays, everyone wants it bam, bam, right now. So. Yeah, isn't that isn't that something? It's I I blame technology, tech really. It's um you know with that yeah, whole without a doubt. You know the cell phone thing, because you know um it's very interesting. I was listening to this other show that I uh, recently found, and I and I love listening to this guy. He's all the way from the UK, and the show, the podcast is called uh, The Unexplained with Howard Hughes, but he had a, um, a a special guest on, and he wrote this book about technology, how it's, like, taking control of our lives, and it's more about, like, how to get back control of our lives. And he makes some very interesting points about how, like, you know, our time span used to be pretty good until we had cell phones in our hand. Now it's like we can't, we don't have enough time to watch something or even really get the right social skills without having to check our phones and stuff like that. And uh, interesting thing, which I don't do this, but it was really interesting to hear. But I guess, um, I guess, like, uh, how did he word it? You have you lose more uh, attention when you're actually waiting in line at a store because it could waiting in line, waiting to check out makes sometimes can make you want to check your emails and phone right or your email text and whatever while you're waiting to check out and even then you're still looking at your phone while you're checking out too so he was going into like this big thing how like you know people lose the time span of even trying to watch a film because it's like we can't even put down our film or wow, we can't put down our phones long enough to even watch either a TV show or film without having to either pause it and look at our phone or we just look at the phone while the movie's going and completely miss what's going on in the movie. It's a very interesting interview, but um, you know when I was kind of watching this too and when I remembered watching like Unearth where I was kind of confused of what was going on with Unearth and I, that, I think I even mentioned that when we first talked to you too that's why we were asking you like so what what was going on please help us explain why <laughs> we're getting themes this one it was just more like like here's this, here's that, boom, boom. It was just like the pace, the pacing was good. So it kept, it kept my uh, attention span. So I, so to go back to what I was saying to kind of tie this in is like, like I didn't lose interest to want to look at my phone is what I'm trying to say. But <laughs> like, even though I don't, 
I try my best, I should say, but like if my phone blows up like five or six times in a row, I'm like, okay, what is going on? And then I'll look at it, of course. But yeah, I thought that was very interesting uh, interview. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, I agree a hundred percent with that. And that makes it different for filmmakers now too, because in the back of your mind, whether you, whether it should be or not, it's there. You know, is the person going to lose attention if I let this scene roll out for ten seconds, or even five seconds? Because you know, you might lose them just in that ten or twenty seconds, and they start checking their phone. They don't watch the rest of the movie, like you said. So, right. Yeah. I, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how they watch like all the classics and stuff. Those things used to be a film was what three and a half, four hours. Yeah, depending on what it was. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I, like I said, I'm just blaming technology because we were all fine until we started getting the um, the higher upgrades, as uh, the guy actually calls them, like the higher upgrade. Because every time we we, uh, you know, uh, go into the, quote, future, our uh, technology always upgrades. So it's, um, it's, uh, and we, yeah. We get less human, like you said. No social skills. Uh, I don't know. We're not acting like people anymore for some reason. Right, exactly. But uh, to go back to Bo is... So how long did writing Desert Wolf take you? And do you remember how many drafts you had to go through? Um, maybe a couple of months, the total from beginning to end. And I went through uh, about four or five edits, fixing little things here, trying to make it uh, smooth as possible. But after that, I kind of just want to get out there and shoot it because if you keep editing, you'll edit forever. Oh, yeah, There's yeah. Not, yeah, nothing, nothing is well enough. Oh, no, we can add this here and add this here. But that was a good thing, too, about the fact that we had permission to um, film in Florence, Arizona, was they gave us, you know, a time frame, like, hey, you can film here to here. So no more playing around with the script. Let's go. Wow. Why Why did you need to get permission? Yeah, yeah, because, well, you know, we had guns on our hips and stuff like that. Oh, right, yeah. 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 Okay, uh, I, get them, I guess everywhere has their own, um, I guess I'll just say log for lack of wording, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I it's always. I, I mean, when I hear sometimes people got to get permission to do this or do that, I just I'm just always curious because it's just you know it's just always one of those things where it just could just be that one weird thing, and it's just like really, like that's what you need permission for. I mean, if it's yeah. something, if it's something like um, like let's say you wanted to, and I don't know if you even thought of this maybe and maybe this is one of the ideas that you had but because of like what you were mentioning before with the production you couldn't really do it which is like did you think or uh did you also have an idea of possibly filming uh like 
as the Indian tribe would call it, their sacred sacred land? Uh, I, I never really thought about actually going there because we had so much, you know, around us that we wouldn't have needed to. But if I was closer to it, I definitely would have tried to ask and find out for sure. Hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, just I, it, cool. That all d- depends on the, si- the the city itself and the area. Like California, forget it. You got to get permission to do anything. Um, Arizona, for the most part, unless you're like in downtown Phoenix or something, everyone will work with you for the most part. There's certain things that won't, but you hmm. can always find somewhere else that will. Well, that's always a plus. Yeah. Now, um, the werewolf stuff that we kind of saw, like, at the beginning, and I think a little bit near the uh, end, I believe, too, uh, who act- did who made the, uh, the, the practical costumes and props and stuff? Um, we went uh, theatrical prop hunting throughout the, the valley here in Arizona. We got some stuff, yeah, like antique shops and stuff like that. Um, the the makeup was done by uh, a local makeup person here, but that was just your average run-of-the-mill purchase from, uh, uh, what is the makeup website online i don't remember what it is off the top of my head but we ordered online the uh prosthetic and that stuff and the local makeup artist put it together for us makeup by Alyssa was i believe that was her name well her company's name and she did a good job the um the claws and stuff i i, I think we got that from an online costume wardrobe department too I believe so. So pretty much none of you guys made it, so you ended up buying it by supporting other people's work. So that's good too. So. Yeah, yeah. We had to buy some stuff. I was thinking, I don't know, for the final reveal, I don't know. I wanted to make it more human, like the Wolfman, you know? Mm-hmm. Because we, we see all those other things in every movie. And I don't know. I like... That looks like it's going to hunt me down and murder me in half a second. So I thought maybe it was like a humanish, you know, humanish looking wolf. I might have a chance to fight back. So that's why we wanted to go that route. Well, that means would just squash you in two seconds. <laughs> oh, yeah, because they've been a werewolf yeah. for years upon years, which, which kind of makes me wonder. Um, it's, there was even some sort of telling uh, in a way, but um, I don't know if I even want to really ask the question, but, but I'm trying to figure out. So, okay, I'm going to do my best to try not to say too much, and that's going to be – so when you <laughs> were writing the script or and filming, I guess, um, because we got to see a little bit more of um, – the main beast, I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Were there any type of idea 
you like using him because he the the main beast you could definitely tell had more uh features than what you had so yeah i guess in a way is was there any type of uh what the word was there any type of um hmm Oh God! Was there any type of way to know exactly how long he, uh, this main beast was actually a beast? Yeah, that's difficult. That's for the the viewer to decide. Ah. You know, with with the with the talisman and everything, it prevented certain things from happening to my character, and um, the other one didn't have a talisman, so. Kind of at the will of the curse, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some people did ask me that, though. They said, are we going to get a backstory on how, you know, the beast came about? Like, no, that's a little too much. I don't know. I was going to say, usually we don't want to do that because look what happened to Alien. Exactly. <laughs> we got a backstory yeah. and look what happened. Yeah, leave well enough alone. That's all right. Exactly. I mean, we don't even have an imagination anymore with Alien because it pretty much got answered for us. So now we don't even have, well, we have questions, but not like what we used to, which is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't like and that now, they do that. Yeah, I, I wasn't really a fan, but especially when I watched. Uh, Prometheus and all that. It's just like, first of all, all these characters need to shut up. Let us enjoy the environment at least. And like, <laughs> we bring in people that are more smarter than these people are, clearly. But yeah, um, and that could have been a that could have been a standalone movie. You wouldn't even need to tie it to the Alien franchise. You know, change exactly. the actual beast around a little bit. Yes, yes, but so I, one, there were a couple of scenes in there that were pretty crazy, like the um, what was it? The uh, the machine she hooked herself inside and took the creature out of her, you know? Yep. Man, that's pretty brutal. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. But when you learn more about that Tubo, it's just like that was almost the original way they wanted to do Alien to begin with. But they they couldn't find a way to make it work or they didn't want to make it look like it was um, a ripoff of, of um, I think it was Star Trek or something. I can't remember right now. But yeah. But no, I, I completely 100% agree with you that we don't need no backstory because then the imagination yeah. is there anymore yeah i'm with you can't have everything given to you you got to think a little bit here yeah exactly we all need to have that one type of imagination otherwise everything well actually you know this is the new generation like we were just saying like everybody wants everything bam 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 (laughs) so yeah yeah for sure um hmm I honestly cannot think of anything else right now, Bo. Let me see. Tessa, was there anything else? Mm. Actually, I thought of one thing, but I want to see it. Um, I forgot. I, when I, just I don't know. Of... You keep asking him all the stuff that I would ask him. You're really good at reading my mind. 
I think. <laughs> well, maybe you should start hosting that, and you can start answer, uh, interviewing. <laughs> That's an idea for the future. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> um, I think the only thing I have left, Bo, really to, to ask right now is uh, there's one particular scene See, uh, scene which leads into another scene, sort of thing. Um, that I was curious about. I don't know if they had any type of um, uh, story behind it or what, but I was just curious to ask when, when we see inside of the bar, they were talking mm-hmm. about, or was it? Yeah, maybe it was the bar. They were talking about how the celebrity was coming for this, like, festival or whatever. And then the way this celebrity acts, which is, like, on, you know, the normal, um, uh, you know, she thinks she's better than everybody else. And then when a fan comes up to her, she they're like, oh, goody-goody and stuff. But then once the fan is gone, she's back to the... Well, this is not what I wanted, and uh, I'm better than you, <laughs> attitude. Eh. So I was just curious, like, because we do see that nice thing later on, which I'm not going to say, but, like, I'm just curious. That that specific scene with the celebrity there, was that, like, anything particular, or was it just there for their, um, just for the the engagement? Yeah, well, yeah, just a little add something to the story and to have um, well, we, that was one of the things too. We couldn't get everyone there at the same time. The the death scene was going to be larger and more um, brutal because you know we don't see certain things happen. Right. But right. But um, yeah. So it, I wanted to set it up where the audience despised her, so they weren't you know too upset if something happened. But um, it wasn't really much more than that. Okay. I was just curious because, you know, and um, I'm not saying it's everybody, but, you know, that can be how celebrities really are in real life. You know, we go to meet somebody who we, uh, I don't want to say praise, but I guess we either fangirl or fanboy out, right? We finally we admire them. their work. Yeah, we admire them. You know, they inspired us or whatever with changing our lives or something. And then when we meet them, it's like, oh, yay. And then when we see them outside of the event or whatever, and we really get to see who they are, you know, it's one of those type of interactions where it's like, oh, well, if this is really what you are like, then yeah, then we don't. Then I feel ashamed of myself for for you know being inspired by you and supporting you and all this. And yeah, so I see where you're coming through, uh, coming from when it comes to like something like that. Yeah, but that's good to hear because yeah, when I was writing it, I wanted to write something that people would relate to, and you know I figured, yeah, this sounds pretty good. I like this little story. Oh yeah, well, oh yeah. In there. Oh yeah, when she, when she got her her moment, I was just like, good. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Good. 
<laughs> well, what else can you say to it? Like, like, uh, take that, you bitch. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully I'm everyone gonna, was thinking the same thing. Yeah, I was kind of sitting there thinking the same thing. I'm like, wow, what a bitch. I yeah. hope, I hope yeah. she gets hers. <laughs> yeah, 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 Jessica did a great job with that. She did a great job. Everybody did a good very job from what I saw. Very convincing. Everybody did great. Yes. Now, so, Bo, I guess to wrap things up, is there anything that we didn't touch on that you would like to share? And if not, um, what can we expect from you um, next year for 2020? Yeah, um, I'm trying to think if we anything about the movie. I covered everything, especially in your review. You really went over everything. Um, so I thank you for that. Um, next year, I have, I'm going to do an action movie. Uh, local. I'm, I want to do the small town thing again, but it's it's going to be action. But um, I don't know which monster I want to take on. I'm, I'll do a another horror movie next year, but I'm not sure which monster yet. I have to get inspired. I can send you so, some Vermont monsters for you. Yeah, send me some monsters. Maybe we'll have like a a five year old toddler who runs around and kills people. I don't know. I don't know. Well, we got some very interesting monsters over here. We got a uh, pigman. We got uh, the Loch Ness monster, of course. We got Bigfoot. We got Dogman. Um, we got a gigantic bat, I believe, somewhere, and a couple of the uh, New Jersey Devil or whatever the heck it is. Is that up there in Vermont too? No, we don't have the Jersey Devil, or no, yeah, we don't have that. We have something else. It's like the oh god, I'd have to find a book and send you it. Or I do want it. to do film the Bigfoot. I grew up in uh, Washington, and you know we have the whole Bigfoot legend. I've always wanted to do a Bigfoot movie. Not Harry and the Hendersons, though. <laughs> a little bit more. <laughs> A little bit more oomph behind it. Not that that's a bad movie when I was a kid. I liked that movie. Oh, I've loved that movie. Yeah. 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 You can't go wrong with Harry and the Hendersons. So. Nope. Nope, for sure. Yeah, I'll send you. I I mean, I got a thing called, or if you want, since you were writing down stuff, um, look up a book, if you want, called the Vermont Monster Guide by Joseph. Sounds pretty good. And that will give you pretty much a basic idea of the monsters that we have. Very cool. Yeah, I'll check it out. Thank you. No problem. And I guess, Bo, is uh, for anybody that wants to keep up to date with you with stuff and where do we can find Desert Wolf? Even though I uh, actually, you know, I don't know if I if it was recorded. I know we were talking about it off the air, but uh, for those wondering too and haven't seen it yet, where can we keep up to date with you? And where can we find Desert Wolf to watch? You can, yeah, you can watch Desert Wolf on Amazon, uh, Amazon Prime. Just search "Good Old Desert Wolf" and Vimeo on demand. Um, 
I like Vimeo. It's a more independent art artist focused, so you really help out the um, people on there. Um, also, you can go to LoneGunslingerPictures.com and BoYachty.com, and we'll lead you to uh, all the movie watching sites and that good stuff, and of course, social media. There you go. Well, Bo, uh, thank you so much for your time, and um, I think you were a little bit better than last time because I think I was more, I should say we, kind of. I mean, Tessa was mentioning she was sick, so uh, last time when we were talking to you, but yeah, I mean, hopefully you uh, didn't mind talking with us. It's not, it seemed like if we were like almost all over the place, sort of, and Tessa was a little bit quiet, but she did come in a few times. Well, it's not my fault that you think of everything I'm going to say. Well, next time, you <laughs> shut up, and I want to get a question in. We're like, okay. We were talking too much. Let me. Yeah, right. Let me uh, put in my two cents. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, next time, if Bo wants to come back on next year for his action film or his other horror film that where he, he finally takes on a mutated human or something i don't know um maybe yeah. you do the host or something that way i'll just sit back relax and enjoy a beer or wine or something <laughs> <laughs> but, right. thank you guys so much thank you Bo. thank you and for everybody right. listening, thank you so much for listening and uh make sure you uh, find your closest friend, go to like some type of cliff making out point and make sure if there is a werewolf nearby, get out of the car and trip them and run the hell away or drive off. And then you will be the only survivor. And until next time, people stay scary. <laughs>